I want to welcome you to listen to Christ-Centered Identity. I'm going to talk a little bit about beholding Jesus. What does it look like to behold Jesus? What does it mean biblically to live a life of beholding in your heart, in your mind, in your soul? What does it look like to look at Him and Him alone? Man, thank you so much for joining me on uh, Christ-Centered Identity. It's important that we understand uh, biblical identity and who we are in Jesus and that we function only out of our devotion to Christ. If we're functioning in life outside of our abilities and our strategies, then we're making up a gospel that's not the gospel of the of the Bible. The gospel of the Bible is literally the good news that we don't have to work for what God already provided for us, but we just simply receive God's goodness. Um, you know, recently my family and I have uh, moved to Texas. We moved from the state of Washington to Texas. Um, we were heavily involved in ministry in Washington, heavily involved in church. Um, I mean, just pastoral roles, youth pastoring, worship, worship uh, pastoring, you know, all the different aspects of what that looks like, building teams um, and, and doing lots of ministry. But what well, we're, what we're finding personally is that we were so caught up in doing ministry that we were losing out on ministering to the one. His name is Jesus. He is our true ministry. I believe that if we understand that we first minister to Jesus, then the reality of who Christ is in us will start to show up in a powerful way. We can, we can do Christian stuff, but are we actually living a life yielded to Christ? Or are we just doing the things that would be normally uh, perceived as what Christianity looks like? Or are we growing up in a culture where we consider service in church our identity as to who God says we are or what we're about in life. And I want to, I want to say this stuff and I, and I'm not shaming anybody. I'm not shaming any, any one person or any one group. I'm looking at this holistically as the body of Christ, the church. I'm not saying a church, specific building, specific name. I'm talking about the church, the body of Christ, because there's only one. And it's all, it's everybody that's, that claims the name of Jesus on their life and gives their, their, their life wholeheartedly to who God says they are and, and lives a life of devotion to Christ. So I want, I want to talk a little bit about beholding and resting because you can't rest without beholding and you can't behold and not be at rest. And who, who are we beholding? We're beholding Christ. So beholding Christ, what does that look like in a natural sense, in an everyday sense? Well, it looks like in all you do, do it as unto the Lord. It looks like every step you take in life, whatever you're doing throughout the day, you're doing it with the Lord in mind. You're doing it with the Holy Spirit's leading in mind. You're allowing the Holy Spirit to, to be the person that's telling you what to do and listening to his, to him because he's, he's the wisdom of God. And so I want us to understand as the body of Christ that, that if, that if we're working for things, if we're striving for things, then we probably should just try to figure out how to like rest in Christ and allow him to, to push and to edge and to show and to, to lift and to, uh, help us get to a place where what we're doing is effortlessly. Like, why do you think Paul can say, uh, uh, whether I'm in, in jail or whether I'm in, I, I'm living it up. It doesn't matter. I'm content in all things. Why is, how is he content? How is Paul content when he was 
had had a lot, when he had a little? How is Paul content when he he was incarcerated and he counting it all joy to go through trials and tribulations and being persecuted for the gospel? How do you how do you stay content when when you're when all things are breaking loose and everything is broken around you? How do you stay content? Well, in this process of us moving from from Washington to Texas, you know, we had lots of community, lots of people around us. People, man, I love every person that I've I've been able to have influence over, or they've been able to influence me in a relationship in the body of Christ. I, every person that I've ever encountered, all my all my youth students that I got to to serve for the years that I was there, all my youth leaders that I got to serve for the years I was there, um, I, I completely appreciate and love every moment that we got to spend together, um, and and I know that God has put a, a, a bond in our hearts for the things of God. And, 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 you know, I hope that we never lose touch and never lose sight of that. You know, I still am in contact with many of the people that, that I, 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 when I moved from Washington, Texas, but I, I, you know, his journey has been interesting because it's been a deep dive into like, why are we doing what we're doing and why are we working so hard to do things? And why are we feeling like we're wore out or stressed out over, over church or over working or over, you know, why are we feeling like, you know, living, even doing things that you feel like you're called to do. Like if you feel like you're called to preach the gospel, if you feel like you're called to lead worship, if you feel like you're called to, to write poetry, you feel like you're called to do whatever and be an influencer. If you feel like you're called to do any one of these things, why do we get to a state of being burnt out? And then that was the question that I, 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 you know, I didn't feel burnt out, but then I got here and I realized, man, I was really busy. I was really busy doing ministry. I was really busy trying to live up to some expectation of, in my head of what I thought ministry was. And the Holy Spirit has just been reworking things in my heart. You know, right now I'm not a pastor of anything. I, I'm not a leader of anything uh, except for a leader of yielding my life to Christ, just leading myself to yield and submit to the leadership of Christ. Um, and, 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 you know, I, I want people to know that like the process that I've gone through is, is that I'm going through still is, is amazing because what I found that the highest level of my walk and my faith with Christ is my ability to yield and submit to him. And, and, the greatest thing I could ever do in life is say, yes, Jesus. And so, uh, you know, God was, was speaking to me this last week and, and, um, he told me to behold, behold him. So behold Jesus. So he gave me this phrase and it says, behold Jesus so long that he becomes your reflection. Behold Jesus. Look at him so long and and how do you how do you do that you do that in your heart you do that in your 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 motives you do that in in your thoughts you do that so you're doing this all with Christ in in mind you're you're devoting your heart to scripture you're devoting your heart to Jesus you're devoting your heart to just sit, sitting there and contemplating what Christ is who he is what he does like how does he fit in you how does he fit in your life in your heart in your mind your thinking in your emotions uh, your emotional health your spiritual health your your physical health, like how does he, how does he, how do you like have that transformation of your soul? How do you have that transformation of your mind to not think like, like one that's, that's pottered or, 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 uh, 
uh, made up in the in a world's uh, aspect or or you know thinking from a secular point of view, but actually thinking from a a divine biblical point of view. In Second Corinthians chapter three verses eighteen, it says this, and we. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into the image of the ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So how do you, how do you, so it says are being transformed into the, into his image. So it's a process of transformation that we're looking for. We're not looking for outside services. We're not looking for for making yourself look a certain way or do certain things so you fit in or you feel good about what your Christian walk is. It's a process of contemplating the Lord's glory. It says, we now with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory. What are you doing? You're thinking about God. You're thinking about his presence. You're, you're, you're meditating, you're developing your stillness in God's presence. And you're allowing that presence to be a transformative factor in your heart so that when you are approaching life, you have a, a, a surety in your heart and in your mind of how you know God intimately and deeply. And so it says it's being transformed into the image, into his image, with ever increasing glory. So we start at a level and we increase in glory as we contemplate who Christ is, what he what he came for, letting the words of of God really sink into your heart and allow them to be transformative in your soul. And so from ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So we're saying Holy Spirit, visit me right now. Like right where you're sitting, just say Holy Spirit, come. Right where you're sitting, just say, Holy Spirit, just, just deep, deeply, like, like grip my heart so that I'm changed. Like, Holy Spirit, I give you full control. Holy Spirit, I don't have anything aside from you because you are all things. Like, I'm contemplating the goodness of God. And so, um, you know, John the Baptist, the one who was preparing the way for Jesus, his first phrase when, he, when Jesus was coming down to the water to be baptized was, Behold. Behold the Lamb of God, the one who is to take away the sin of the world. Did he say cover the sins? No, he said take away. He takes away the sin. So you no longer can identify that because sin is the blemish on our true identity, which is being made in Christ's image. Sin is a blemish on our identity. See, when you have a blemish on your face, it alters your identity. It alters your face. It alters how you look. When you when you have something that's smeared on your face, it, it changes the very look. That When you re- look at your reflection in the mirror, you see something differently. And, and so what, what I'm saying is this, is when you behold Christ, when you behold Christ, your sin's not an issue anymore because you're beholding the one that took it away. You're not focusing on trying to develop your skills and not sinning. You're focusing on the one that took away the sin. And as you focus on him, the transformation of your soul starts to happen. And the desire for those sins fades away because you're looking at one that is more beautiful than anything. See, in James it says this, Anyone who listens to the word but doesn't do what the word says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after after looking at himself, he goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. See, when you look at scripture, scripture is a mirror to your soul. 
when you're looking at Jesus, he's a mirror to you. And it's and that look at Jesus is not showing that you're a, you're a complete failure, but it's showing that you need him. Because when you look into the purity of God, you see the need for, I can't accomplish not doing this sin. I can't accomplish not being this way. I can't accomplish ministry. I can't accomplish being a man or a woman of God outside of being in Christ. Or I can't accomplish being a man or woman of God by doing Christian things or doing church things that that I start to find identity in rather than the one who is the head of the church, Jesus. See, the greatest temptation of, of Christians, of all Christians, is to get out of rest, to get out of beholding, to get out of rest, and to do things in your own strength because you feel like you, you feel like a little bit more confident. Like you feel a little bit more confident than you did last week. And in this state of rest, it's this place of, of saying, God, I, I really wish... I could stay here a little bit longer. It's a state of longing in your soul where it's not like you you decide to to just randomly decide to go out and do as many things as you possibly can against the nature of God because when you stay in a state of beholding Christ it's so good that nothing can shift your heart to go after the things that are not of God. See because once you start to behold the one who took away your sin. Behold the Lamb of God, the one who taketh away sin. See, if you're battling with your sin on a consistent basis, it's not because it's not because uh, it's for a lack of trying not to. If you're battling because if you're battling, it's because you're trying not to. You're 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 working in an offensive manner with to something that's coming at you. Uh, or a defensive manner to something that's coming at you offensively. They're striking and you're defending yourself. Sin striking the, the, the Satan that's crouching around like a roaring lion, looking for whom he may devour. He's looking on any open door in your life. If you have open doors, those doors open to, to sneak in certain things that, that, that start to, to, go after your soul, start to, to, to weed, put plant seeds of weeds in your life that, that doubt, fear, anger, anxiousness, like all these things, it starts to just make its way into your life slowly and, and starts to tempt you and show you, you know, all your insecurities. And it's like, then it's like, you know, you're, I'm doing good. And all of a sudden I have a thought of what I did in the past or, or maybe uh, what I potentially can do in the next like 10, 15 minutes. And these thoughts are just thoughts. And so now in this moment, you have a chance to say, Lord, I don't, I want to behold you. I don't want that thought. That's not mine. I actually took on the mind of Christ. This is who I am. Father, I thank you so much that you take away my sin. I don't identify with it anymore. The only thing I identify with is with you because I'm made in your image. Because you took away my blemish. You took away my sin. You took away my insecurity. It's not about... It's not about you struggling and trying to have more faith or trying to like make something happen or saying I'm not good enough or or because if you're going to a place of I'm not good enough, you're still thinking about yourself. If you're saying I don't have enough faith, you're still thinking about I. Because you're saying I don't. 
I can't. See, the thing about rest is it's rest. The thing about beholding is focused on one, not yourself. And as the Holy Spirit starts to, to as you start to, to, to behold Christ, what happens is, is so he starts to highlight things in your heart. And you're not going into works now saying, okay, I'm going to deal with that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to, I'm going to put all these things in place. I'm going to da, 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 so on and so forth. No, no, no. It's not about doing all that. What it's actually about is this, is resting in him and saying this, I don't associate with that. I associate with him. See, what is faith? Faith is the evidence of things not seen. You, you, you don't see it, but you believe it. So if we're making our walk with God about our ability to believe, our ability to have faith, our ability to make something happen, our ability to struggle and strive, our ability or our frustration with struggling and striving, or our feeling burnt out, or I mean, all these feelings and, and things that we do are, are valid. They're not something that we just made up. We actually feel them. And so because we were feeling them, now we have a chance to say, okay, I see that I'm feeling this. I see that I'm thinking this, but it's Jesus. Jesus, you're the one that I, that I identify with. I can't identify with this. So now every time the, the enemy comes to still kill and destroy, you just claim who you identify with. You just yield your heart even more, more than you did before to who you identify with. Don't, don't subject your heart to the things of, of the past. Don't subject your heart or your mind to your failures from the past. But subject your heart and your mind to Jesus. And you'll see how you're, you subjecting your heart and mind to Christ. You'll watch that your, your, your life will transform in, in and further into and deeply into more. And you'll start to see that you have more and more of the mind of Christ. And as you see that you have the mind of Christ, you start to develop a lifestyle of of him working deeply in your soul. So as we move from Texas to, or as we move from Washington to Texas, um, you know, I'm looking at all these things in my life and I was preaching a lot of things. And, and, and in some ways I thought I was living it out. But once I got here and I started to really unpack all the busyness that I was in, I started to see that I was doing a lot of works. I wasn't, I wasn't, and then I was trying to do things because I thought it would make certain people happy. And I was living for, for the, you know, for certain things that weren't from God. And so what I'm trying to say is that as you start to develop these things inside your life, you start to develop a life of beholding Christ in all things, do it as unto the Lord, keeping God in mind at every step that you're taking, uh, uh, everything you're doing throughout the day, you're talking to people, you're listening to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, help me speak to this person. Holy Spirit, give me the strength to deal with the person that's in front of me that's that's aggravating me. Holy Spirit, I ask right now that you calm me down so that I could be, I could say things that are with, with peace in my heart and truth in my mouth. Like I could say things that, that bring life that are encouraging to these pe- the people that are around me. Like you're leaning not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, you're trusting in him. It's interesting that we... We go from like, I got to trust in God, but then we do a lot of trusting in ourselves instead. And so my, my heart is this, is that, is that you learn and I learn to behold and rest in Christ and allow his rest to be our life. 
And in that state of rest, there's a certain rhythm to it where every day you're just in this place of staying in this rhythm of rest with Christ. You're not trying to get out of it. You're not trying to supersede God's step in front of you. You're not trying to find value in in what what is in front of you. You're not trying to to find value in anything besides beholding Christ Jesus. I want to switch gears for a second because I feel like this is important and I, and I feel like the Lord is bringing it to my heart. Um, when Jesus was, after he was baptized, after John the Baptist says, Behold, the Son of the Son of Man who's cometh to taketh away the sin of the world. He was baptized and it says the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. So the Holy Spirit led him in the wilderness to be tempted. So as he was led into the wilderness to be tempted, and here's the thing about temptation. You can only be tempted by things that you're actually tempted by. For example, I would never be tempted to eat certain foods that I don't like because I, it just doesn't even appeal to me. It's not even something I desire or want, right? So since Satan was the Lord of the heirs or is the Lord of the air, he has, he has authority in the earthly kingdom. He said this, he said, turn this rock into, into bread and, and go to the edge of this cliff and jump off. And he said, all these kingdoms that, that are out there, I could give them all to you if you just bow your knee to me. And, and so, so he was giving all this temptation to Christ. But the thing is, is Satan actually had the authority to give it to Christ. He actually had the authority to give it to Christ because he was the ruler of the air. Now, because he's a ruler of the air, he has this authority to give us things, things that look nice, but may not be right timed. See, because when Christ went to the cross... He became the bread that we all take during communion. He gave he gives us the authority to walk in every place we take we step our foot is ours in the name of Jesus. See Christ gave us the authority why? Because when he actually inherited all the kingdoms of the, of this world, when he actually inherited all the 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 things that Satan was tempting him with, it was because he was listening to his father and not the tempter. So what am I saying? I'm saying this. There might be things in your life or things that you have in your heart that you really know that God has for you to do. But are you are you living them out too early and are you being tempted by walking in something that you're not ready to walk in yet? Are you walking in a way in your own strength rather than walking in a way of yielding to the Father's voice and allowing Him to lead you and give it to you with the proper pur- purpose and the proper destiny and the proper way of you, of you getting it? And so I'm, I'm just saying that because I feel like there have been many times where I've, I've been restless in my purpose and I started to accept and do things out, outside of the timing that God had for me to walk in it. And so I, I want to I help you with that. I want you to know that God has an amazing, an amazing uh, purpose and destiny for each one of you. But I want to encourage you to stay at, at rest and you can only stay at rest if you live a life of beholding Christ. In all things you do, do it as unto the Lord. Thank you so much for joining me here at uh, Christ Centered Identity. Um, I, I want. I'm. I'm. Pro- I'm hoping to start doing more um, um, recordings on this podcast. Um, but I, you know, I'm just letting the Lord do stuff in my heart. So, so um, just know that they're coming. And uh, God is always moving. But more importantly, I want you to develop a life of going to Jesus and getting alone with him and let him speak directly to your heart. 
All right, God bless you. I'll speak to you soon.